0: Lovers, Hi. <laughs> Hi.
1: <laughs> How are you doing, Caitlin?
0: I got the COVID, so Aww. I'm a little loopy and brain foggy, <laughs>
1: and it's just gonna be fun. Well, I'm sorry you got it, but you've been feeling, I think you're feeling better by now. Uh,
0: I can walk to the bathroom by myself, so I feel pretty good about it. Yeah, big accomplishment yes yes i will say vaxxed and boosted and the shit's no joke so you know
1: beware yeah well as a result of uh caitlin catching covid we are recording not in the same room this week and it's super weird because i can't see you first of all i hate it i hate it i have my headphones on (laughs) but i can't hear myself so it sounds like i'm underwater and i just it's awful basically i Yep. do not enjoy we, like, we need to be together i know i like to see your reactions to things that i'm <laughs> saying because then i pause and say like what's that face about and i just cannot Ooh, do
0: it mm-hmm. so yeah, i make a lot of faces you what do can say?
1: you're very expressive so thank you
0: i think i don't know you know what a man has told me before that my face is the power to hurt people <laughs> what, <laughs> what was, <laughs> was interesting what was
1: the
0: know oh, i probably reacted to something he was saying he was like you know
1: that's like everything's written on that's your very face. dark <laughs> like the way he said it is very dark <laughs>
0: uh, it was also an age gap romance so it was it was probably oh this was weeks. like
1: the man you were in a romance with him i can't remember if it was
0: while we were or right before okay yeah
1: all right well yet another one of your dating stories for another time i feel like you have uh, an episode. anecdote every episode there's something i try yes
0: (laughs) i try i wasn't expecting to share that one but you know feel
1: the love friday is where it all comes out so anyway yes welcome to feel the love friday our bi-monthly right i guess it's bi-monthly skipping thematic episodes yes words are hard words are hard today okay not just for you so feel the love friday where we do a little bit of a mixed bag uh we are going to share some things we read this week We're going to discuss maybe romance in the news. And then we are going to have the first iteration of our, uh, what would we call virgin it? Virgin edition. Virgin edition. Yes. Which yes. is not what it sounds like. Um,
0: okay. I'll,
1: yes. I, well, it's, it sounds like we're inter- interviewing a virgin, which actually would be interesting. I would I love. Guess. I would love If you're love like to. in your late twenties or thirties or older and you're still a virgin, I would love to talk to you. But in this case, we're actually talking about a romance virgin. So one of yes. our friends who has never read a romance book before and we asked her to be on our podcast and trying to commandeer her into our obsession so anyway it's a very dark way of putting it so basically (laughs) on feel the love
0: friday virgin edition we will be introducing romance virgins to romance we'll see if they like it and if they do then we will have converted yet another follower of romance that is so much good
1: about my life (laughs) that is a much peppier, better way (laughs) of saying a positive spin on it (laughs) Yes, okay, you started this episode life. talking about how someone told you, like, your face can hurt people, so... We just Listen, I'm multi-faceted. On a, <laughs> started on a, a down road. Okay, so, well... Alright, before we get into the interview,
0: we have a few things to talk about. First of which is what we read this week. Kristen, do you want to
1: start? Actually, I want you to start because it relates to what I read for the last Feel the Love Friday.
0: Mm, okay, okay. So... So last week we talked about Heather Gare, who, by the way, confirmed via Twitter that her last name rise with fair. So I was okay. right. Kristen was wrong for the books. Okay, but now one we know we're Katelyn. corrected
1: and that's how we'll it. Now say we know. It.
0: Authors, please correct us with all of Kristen's mispronunciations, Because <laughs> she will continue to do I it. I mean,
1: I'm not going to deny. I'm not even going to say like, <laughs> and possibly Caitlin's because it will definitely be me. It's probably you.
0: So I read several books by Heather Gare this week or last week. I read *Hot Blooded*, which Kristen mentioned Ooh. on the last Fiddler Friday, which is a vampire romance. So good, it's so sweet. It like really I, was. I was intrigued by the concept. Obviously, it sounded very steamy, but I actually loved the romance. Yeah. It was so sweet and lovely, and made me really happy. I it was know, just, like very pure. I know, and yeah, he's it was great.
1: and he's such a sweetheart. Even though like he's a vampire, and those romances tend to have a connotation of dark romance, but this really was like it a was, very happy, yeah. light relationship. Just like, a joy. Know. Yeah.
0: It was just a joy to read. So then I read Demon Lover by her. By the way, I have never read Vampire. I've never read Monster. I've never read Alien. I've never delved into it before. And Heather Gare just introduced me to like three new tropes Yep, That's, ex- that's week, exactly what happened to me. I fucking love it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like impressed. Thank you. So Heather Gare, thank you. So then I read Demon Lover, which is what it sounds like. It's a woman, a human woman and a sex demon, essentially. Incubus, it sounds right? like I just, it sounds like I was just reading porno. It's not, <laughs> it's not that. Like, it's, yes, these books are actually very steamy, but I, the way she writes is just beautiful, and the romances are also beautiful, and they happen to be steamy, but that's not the point, so. Oh, wait,
1: can I, can I say, it a I also read Demon yeah. Lover this week, because I think you recommended it to me, like, yeah. as I recommended Hot Blood to you, and yeah. I just want to share a part at the beginning, because the demon and is actually i think an incubus like which is mm-hmm, a sex demon mm-hmm. and so he enters her dreams or whatever is the premise and uh for our female main character and always asks for her consent to have sex with her in her dreams but she wakes up at some point and sees that he's this actual demon and it's not he doesn't look like how he portrays himself in the dreams and he says you know i can't leave until you get an orgasm like a little literally like disintegrate and when I like pass back to hell or wherever he's going like for during the daytime and she's like wait 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 wait! you're telling me if you don't give me an orgasm you will die (laughs) and he's like yes and I said okay I'm gonna keep reading this book so
0: (laughs) yes really hitting it out of the park with the interesting concepts and women's pleasure yes love it love that for all of us so that one is great, and then I read Starcrest, which is one of Heather Gare's alien romances, and I loved it. That was great. And then I realized that she also wrote Mutually Beneficial. Yes, I forgot which about I read that. Months ago, Me too. And she's coming out with a new one, I think, in the next couple weeks, called Yes, uh, I can't remember. preferential treatment. Yes, that's one. Yep. Preferential treatment. That one's coming out. So look for it. Not at all demon or vampire or that, whatever. That's it's a contemporary. They're, they're just they're just like purely contemporary steamy. Novels, But I reread Mutually Beneficial because I was on a Heather Gare kick. So thank you, Heather Gare. Loved it this week. (laughs) Gave me so much joy with your awesome characters.
1: I'm very happy. On the opposite side, though, I read a book called Come Back to Me by Mila Gray. It's the pen name for Sarah Alderson. I think she traditionally writes YA and this is New Adult. It's a military-esque romance. The male hero Kit is in the military. Jessa, our female character, is 18, kind of everyone adjacent to the storyline is also in the military or near it and those professions. It's a brother's best friend romance. I would say it was decently steamy, but they build this relationship over the summer and it was really beautiful and it felt like very authentic and... It also just made me appreciate the magic of just like kissing someone, Mm. which I feel like gets pushed aside and so much. And I think maybe it's that becomes more important in YA novels. And since this author traditionally writes YA, maybe that's why she was so good at it. But you really feel like the longing and the budding romance between them, where they're just enjoying like hanging out and making out and just like can be kind of that simple. Mm. I will say it's sad the end that I was crying I thought of you Caitlin because (laughs) if I was crying you would definitely be crying 100% but I really liked it and it's part of a series that has to do with like related characters and I'm definitely going to keep reading so so that was that was good so on the topic
0: of just kissing scenes I also wanted to mention the romantic agenda by Claire Kahn which just came out this past week and I read it the day it came out and finished it by like 10 or 11 p.m. it was so good it's about an asexual main character named joy and it also has a lot of scenes it doesn't get super steamy but it has a lot of intimate scenes where it's just focusing on kissing and what the kissing feels like and i thought it was really beautifully written and a really fun read so highly recommend romantic agenda by claire Kahn, especially because i haven't read any books yet where there's an asexual representation and um i thought it was really well done yeah
1: that sounds really interesting yeah we'll talk
0: about that one more in our beach reads episode coming out in june end of may or early june so i'm not gonna go into it too much but it just came out so if you want to go show her some love and download the book it's um
1: it's really good yeah yeah we also we rewatched all the boys on netflix this week yes a
0: little girl's night for that. Also,
1: also because
0: I have the vid and I've been home all weekend (laughs) and I couldn't work at all on Friday because my brain was mush, I started watching this show on Netflix. When I say I, I mean I and my husband started watching this (laughs) K-drama on Netflix called Romance is a Bonus Book. And let me just say, before I describe this show, that I I found this show because I was on Twitter trying to be in the community and like searching what people are talking about, about romance books. And so many people would just tweet romance as a bonus book. And that's all they would tweet. Or they would have something, some script, some language, I don't understand, romance as a bonus book. Now, I never translated any of those tweets. So I didn't know if they were saying it was bad or if they were praising it. <laughs> I never saw one in English. It was just other <laughs> languages. But I was intrigued. I was like, what... Is this a new turn of phrase? Like, I don't know what it means. So I Googled it and it turned out it was a Netflix show. The trailer told me nothing about what it actually was. So I was like, fuck it. I'll just watch it and see what happens. You're either going to love
1: it or you're going to hate it. Right.
0: I'm either going to love I'd, it or it's going to be works. highly entertaining and I'll talk about it. I love it. It's so good. And Josh and I stayed up till 3 a.m. last night watching Romance is a Bonus Book. Oh my god. And it's something that you have to – you know, we never watch anything dubbed, so we have to read the subtitles. And so you're, like, fully paying attention when you watch it. It's a very sweet romance about a woman who's 37 and her childhood friend who's, like, 32 or something. She's a divorcee. She's got a 12-year-old daughter. She starts working at his publishing company because she's been like living in his house because she was homeless because her husband left and gave her no money for her and her child. And basically this guy, her friend has been in love with her for a long time, but she didn't know about it. And now she's working at his publishing company and it's just, and then there's like another love interest potential that's in the mix. But it's just, it's so sweet and so pure and uh, we just... I love it. My husband wants to like get new clothes now because the fashion for men is really amazing in the show. It's like a whole, it's a whole feeling. It's a whole vibe.
1: Is it, is it a YA show?
0: I mean, there's no, it's not steamy. No, I don't know. But we're like, each episode is an hour. So we're like five episodes, if I were six episodes in. Okay. I think there's 16 episodes. It's only one season and it came out a few years ago. And then I started translating the tweets on Twitter once Josh told me how to do it, and it was all good stuff. So like, it turns out that it was <laughs> people are praising it. But um, I love it. I think it's so cute. I don't really watch a lot of K-dramas, but now I feel like I should be.
1: Well, when I feel like I have the attention span for subtitles again, I will watch this one. Yeah, you
0: have to be in a mood to sit down and focus on it and just enjoy it and, like – be in it, which often I feel like I just put shows on in the background while I'm doing something else. And I kind yeah. of like that I can't do that with this. Like I have to focus. It's it's a nice break of my brain.
1: Yeah, every time I want to do that at night, I'm either like I want to write or I want to read or I have to edit this podcast. So yes, that
0: is our life now. Watching
1: a subtitled show is just at the bottom of the list, unfortunately. But it sounds great and I will definitely check it out. Okay, before we go to our romance virgin interview. I really want to really quickly just flag a few books that are coming out. Abby Jimenez has a new book coming out called Part of Your World on April 19th. She wrote the Happy Ever After playlist. So good. So I am already pre-ordering her book and it will be on my doorstep on Tuesday. Blame It on the Vodka by Fiona Cole is also coming out April 21st. She wrote Blame It on the Champagne, Blame It on the Tequila, which is the one we love, right? Yeah, Blame It on the Tequila. Mm -hmm. It was one of my favorite books in the past year like of all tropes and subgenres and everything of romance and she and fiona cole has also written a bunch of other books that we've loved like what else has she written shame she has a whole voyeur series it's great there's also another book coming out on the 21st from lucy score who has written a bunch of books we like including by a Thread. She has this romantic... So good. So good. but, But I don't think you've read this, Caitlin, but she has a romantic suspense series about a woman named Riley Thorne. The first book is Riley Thorne and the Dead Guy Next Door. It is fucking hilarious. It's low on steam. She gets together with this guy and they basically solve a crime. I don't usually pay attention that closely to side characters. Like, I understand the point of them, but sometimes I find them annoying. Sometimes they're just, like, neutral, whatever. The side characters in this book are fucking hysterical and i was laughing out loud reading this book so the sequel to that comes out on the 21st and it's called riley thorne and the blast from the past so i'm really excited and i think riley thorne and the dead guy next door is on ku so caitlin you should read that one yeah that's it well i guess the only other thing is in the past week caitlin has sent me like I feel like ten text messages with YouTube videos of trailers of shows that are coming out in <laughs> yes. April. But they all look amazing. I don't remember what any of them were, but they're all like Netflix or Hulu. Or there's just like a lot coming out this month. We're gonna start doing some movie nights, and we'll we'll share our findings.
2: Yeah. but
0: there's a lot of content coming out for us. Yeah. Okay, so the main event for today's Field the Love Friday is an interview with Chelsea Pula of Pilot's Lounge Podcast, which is her former podcast, which you can still find on Apple and wherever else you get your podcasts. Chelsea is my college roommate, and she, until last week, had never read a romance. So Chelsea indulged us with an interview, which we'll turn to now. And yeah, let's bring Chelsea on.
2: Okay, welcome Chelsea. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm Chelsea. I'm super excited to be here.
0: Thank you for coming on the show. For listeners, Chelsea is my former college roommate. She is also a former podcaster herself, and she has agreed to be our first victim of (laughs) Feel the Love Friday version (laughs) edition. So, thank you,
1: Chelsea.
2: I'm I'm so excited to be the first victim. It's fantastic.
1: (laughs) Hopefully, not a victim. After you tell us how now you are a romance junkie, (laughs) that's maybe the end secret end goal of this experiment that caitlin and i are trying
0: we're just we're just sharing the love a victim of romance that's how i like to think of it so before we get into the questions uh chelsea i did want to note that you have your own really beautiful romance origin story and you are getting married in a month and a half
2: six weeks six
0: weeks yeah Ah.
2: I know, it's crazy. I don't know if it's such an incredible romance story, but I'll tell it. My boyfriend and I met uh, about a decade ago, well, fiancé, and we met online. And it was at a time when people, I think, still weren't doing that. Like, now that's completely normal. Well, were anyway, in college. Yeah, we were in college, and I had just gotten back from studying abroad, and his profile had, like, all this stuff about how he studied abroad in Scotland and I studied abroad in Scotland. So he messaged me on like a Tuesday. And at first, he asked me if I wanted to go out and I said no. And then I read this article that was like, <laughs> you shouldn't just talk to people online for ages. You should just go on dates. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. That's right, internet. I should just go on dates. So I went on a date with him and like refused to tell him like where I live. Like he asked me, like, oh, so what where do you live? And I was like, Around? Like, who asks someone that on a first date? And then like on our second date, I was like, Can you pick me up? Like I got over it really quick. But yeah, it it was weird because like I was the first person he went out with and he was the first person I went out with from the website. And then we just kept dating and we never went out with anybody else from the website. So it was kind of like a weirdly traditional relationship. Once we met, it was a little unorthodox. We met online and then after that, you know, it was like three dates before our first kiss and everything, and we kept dating when I was living with Caitlin my senior year. So she was, you know, one of my first friends that really got to know Will, um, my partner. And yeah, now we got engaged in um, Juliet Square in Verona, in Italy, and we're really excited to be getting married in a few weeks. So it's been it's been romantic along the way, I think.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just that sounds like a beautiful place to get engaged.
2: It was really, really lovely. I am um, it, it was funny because we went on this group trip to Italy like it was like a 18 to 35 year old youth trip and there were three couples that got engaged before us and I kept like giving him like <laughs> angry eyes every night when we got back it was like all these couples are getting engaged and he's like just just here just hold out okay <laughs> it's gonna be fine and I was like oh my god and then he proposed to me in Juliet Square, and I was like, oh, okay, I get it. Like, you, you know I'm a Shakespeare nerd, this is perfect, like, <laughs> totally worth the wait. But yeah, we were the fourth couple to get engaged on the trip, which was just insane. <laughs>
0: so funny. Were you the last couple to get engaged? Yes. Or like, somebody yes. else? I okay. think
2: being the last is probably okay in the grand scheme of things, but... <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, it was, I felt so bad. And it, like, it was like, basically every couple that wasn't married got engaged on that trip. Like, <laughs> everyone had the same idea. Like.
1: So if you are wanting to get engaged to your partner, go on that trip. Yeah. Is the, the story.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's called Kantiki. They're really fun. They're based out of um, Australia, which is also, I think, where the author of the book we're talking about is from, actually. Yes. She's Australian, so. You know, all good things come from Australia, all good romance, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah,
2: <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't have enough data points to back that up, but I'm just going to say yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Aussies, very romantic. <laughs> yes,
0: exactly, exactly. <sighs> anyway, okay, so Chelsea, what did you
2: read for this week's Field the Love Friday? I read The Hating Game. And... I didn't write down the name of the author. (laughs) I was (laughs) just going to ask you that. I think it's It's Sally. It's by Sally Thorne. Sally Thorne. Thank you. Yeah. I remembered it was Sally and I like told myself four or five times like, okay, you got to make sure you write it down, write it down. And yeah. That happens to the best of us.
0: Yeah. So. Before we get into the book itself, what do you do you normally read for pleasure? If so, what do you read?
2: Yeah, I definitely do. So, I was an English major, which Caitlin knows, but uh, your listeners probably don't. Um would so be I, I If they did. It would be maybe unless they know me, which in which case, <laughs> thank you for listening. Um so <laughs> Um I don't know. It's fine. Uh, I I generally read young adult novels. Um, hmm. I really love young adult fantasy and like the book that got me back into reading after being completely done with reading for a really long time after college because I was just like so sick of doing it for homework. Um, so there were a few years there where I didn't really read for pleasure. Um, and I got back into it when I read Mistborn by Brandon Sanderson, which I absolutely love. It's like a very strong female protagonist. It takes place in like a dystopic future universe and there's like a very rigid magic system that I like i am obsessed with. So, you know, I, I tend to read that kind of stuff. I do sometimes like branch out and read like histories and biographies but certainly you know very frivolous type of reading that I typically do it's not like I'm you know in my youth I tried to read a lot of the classics when I was trying to get into a good college but now I kind of just read trashy YA novels so
0: (laughs) I think that's totally appropriate and you don't need to
2: apologize for that
0: because you know at the end of the day who wants to sit down and read Dostoevsky like every
1: night no yeah my husband has been reading like Churchill and Cold War books for a couple months and I don't understand. Like the same I guess one I went, or multiple? Well, like he does, he's a slow reader and he doesn't, I mean obviously they're not gripping his attention because he's been reading them for a long time. Like one book lasts him a long time. There's a reason for that because they're probably not gripping his attention. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just mentioned that, you know, if you like nonfiction that's great. I went through a period of that
2: but yeah. it certainly didn't
1: captivate me as much as my preferred genre does now.
2: That's definitely true. And I find even with nonfiction, like, it has to be really well written. And a lot Mm -hmm. of the time, Mm -hmm. the authors, like, they get away with just being accurate. And it's like, well, it still has to be written well. Like, you can't just (laughs) tell me exactly what happened. And when. one of my favorite, like, fun historical reads is called The Time Traveler's Guide to Medieval England and it's Ooh. written like oh i've read i've read that uh, i love that isn't it great i loved it so it's much it's really great yes that's yes. generally what i read for for pleasure though i i read like i don't know just um kids books i guess late teens i'm <laughs> stuck in that <laughs> i feel like those can
0: be so good because they don't rely like i think a lot of romance can rely on just the usual tropes or like the usual you know, sexy scenes or something to get people interested. But if it's YA, it has to be an interesting story to grip your attention. It has to be done well.
2: Yeah, that's that's true. And something I learned about the genres later in life is that a lot of the time it's really just a marketing tool. Mm-hmm. It's not so much like people write books and they're like, oh, I want this to be a YA novel. I mean, I'm people do. Um, or I want this to be a romance novel. Sometimes something is just in that category and it sells like – I had a teacher who was an author in college and she said that her young adult novel sold like 10 times as many copies as her just straight fiction because as soon as you put it into a genre it's like people kind of know what to expect and there's less pressure on it being like you know a profound piece of literature or something that could be added to the classics right like Mm -hmm. people are kind of like okay it's a YA novel right so I think that that's a big part of it too and that like once I accepted that like it's not really okay to write off something because it's genre fiction. Like, yeah, it's been in a genre, but that's also just kind of like the way they want to categorize things to sell them. So it's okay to like enjoy something, even if it has a label on it. And that really helped me like... Accept myself for reading (laughs) low class lit, you know? That's
0: so interesting because I have noticed on Twitter, like, I've seen a lot of these discussions around genre fiction and versus fiction and what, you know, people just judging everybody else for what they're reading. And I never, I didn't major in English, I minored in math. Like, I was just the opposite end of the spectrum. So I never really thought about it or thought to think about it as a bad thing or as somehow like lesser. But that's interesting that you had that. Perspe- even if you didn't actively think it, that you had that perspective because of, you know, reading the classics and focusing on, like, historically really high-quality literature.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, um, yeah, I I think it's just, it's a way of, like, writing things off, but there's also a lot to be said for, like, it can be high-quality writing in any category. And, like we said, with mm-hmm. nonfiction even, like, yeah can be technically accurate but like it doesn't mean it's well written or interesting or engaging but for whatever reason that gets more attention as being you know like respectable in whatever category
0: yeah yeah what were your preconceived notions about romance did you, I mean if you thought about it at all what, what did you sort of think it would be like or what did you imagine it would you know what would you imagine the genre would consist of
2: That's such a funny question. I was thinking about how, like, my earliest memories of romance novels are, like, so, like, it's the paperback novel with, like, Fabio on it and, like,
1: (laughs) or, like, yes, the mass market paperback. Yes, exactly.
2: Yes. (laughs) Like, the woman and the man with, like, a dramatic storm in the background. Like, that's, I feel like, what I picture when I think (laughs) On the beach, shirtless, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, there's a great account called Paperback Paradise that takes, like, those mass markets and, like, puts funny captions on them, and some of them are romance novels. It's just really great. I definitely recommend checking that out. But in any case, so, yeah, I mean, I had that kind of perception. And I think, honestly, like, I kind of thought of it as being, like, porn for women, like, which is maybe not the most respectful way to think about it. But I was like, oh, women read this because, like, it's sexually enticing and there's explicit scenes in it. But like, it's a little bit like, I don't know, like, I it made me uncomfortable in a way, I guess, to think about reading it. And I'm really glad you recommended the book you did, because I think that it was really well written and also like low in the steamy category. Like, it's very mm-hmm. steamy, but like, it's more of like a slow boil. So yeah, I mean, that was kind of what I thought about it. And I also just assumed that all of it, like was badly written, and anytime I had tried to read something in the romance category, it was poorly written. So I, I which wasn't a lot of times to be fair, it was like once or twice, and I would say like, oh, this is just like, they're lazy, like they're just trying to pull people in with like some cheap, you know, romantic elements, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that that kind of tainted my perception of it, and I I'm really happy that you recommended the book you did because I actually really liked it. Oh,
0: that's so great. So can you give us a sp- brief snapshot of The Hating Mm -hmm. Game, like what what it's about for those listeners who
2: don't know? Yeah, so they actually just made it into a film, which I haven't watched yet. I'm going to check it out. It's on Hulu um, at the moment, but it's called The Hating Game, and it's about a woman named Lucy Hutton and her nemesis, Joshua Templeman. Um, They work in a publishing house, and they're both executive assistants to the CEO of an individual company, and now these two companies have merged. So Lucy is the executive assistant to CEO of Gammon Publishing, and Josh is the executive assistant to Bexley Publishing, and it's kind of like the joke is that the two of them really run the show, even though they're quote-unquote assistants because you know the CEOs or the heads of the company are, are, can't really be bothered to do the day-to-day, and they're just kind of dramatic in their own way. So you know they they start to hate each other because she on her first day gives him like a really big smile and is really welcoming and he just kind of looks at her and like ignores her and then after that she's just like fuck this guy <laughs> 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 so i mean in terms of character she's super lighthearted, really cheery a little bit of a pushover he's like super pragmatic he cut a bunch of jobs when they did the merger of their two publishing companies so she kind of hates him because he's like all business and cold and they have this tension between the two of them and they play all of these like weird mind games while they're sitting together <laughs> at work and none of the games to be honest like none of the games really made sense to me I was like this just sounds like flirting to me like she's like you're playing <laughs> yeah. the staring game now which is where we stare <laughs> at each other I was like I don't to stare at people <laughs> ever
1: I also did not get that and Caitlin and I have seen the movie which we could talk about now or, or yeah later or never but they had a scene in there where they play like the staring game and it made me uncomfortable to watch (laughs) like it was like weird to read and then when you watch them doing it I'm like yeah this is flirting and I I don't know it it made me uncomfortable I'll just say that
2: (laughs) so the tension in the plot really starts when they announce that there is a new chief operating officer role open at their company and this role would be the other person's boss, basically. So Lucy would be Josh's boss or vice versa. And they both really want the position. Obviously, it's a huge promotion for them. They're both very qualified for the role, but they can't stand the idea of the other person being their boss. So they kind of make this informal deal that, like, if the other one gets it, they'll quit, which raises the stakes. And then, you know, right around the time that they're both having this very professional tête-à-tête, they realize that they have the hots for each other, or at least Lucy realizes it. So then from there on out, it's a lot of like them fighting, then kind of hooking up, but not really, or hanging out or going on like weird dates and, you know, falling in love along the way. But yeah, it, it's it kind of just spirals from there. I don't want to give away too much of the plot, but that's the thick of it.
0: Thank you. That was very thorough. I feel like that Chelsea did a better job than we normally do of describing her. That was (laughs) my exact thought when you used the
1: word like pragmatic. And I was like, we have never used to describe a male character, (laughs) Uh, but it could have been used so many times. So many times. And we just, we just use the word brooding and grumpy over and over again and hope that everyone
2: understands. It's because this is an office romance. I have to use my office lingo.
1: (laughs) Chelsea, did
0: you have any initial reactions to it? Like, did you love it? Did you hate it? (sighs) I kind of
2: hated it for the first part. (laughs) Well, I, you know, I went in thinking, like, I don't like romance. Like, this is going to be kind of dumb. And then I think that the way she's, I just didn't buy that they hated each other. And I think that I struggled with that a little bit. It was like, these two don't hate each other. They like, they clearly have the hots for each other and whatever. But once they started to actually interact, I think I just fell in love with, Josh, the character, mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed their interactions and kind of like the will they, won't they of every interaction that they had throughout the book. So I ended up loving it, like, probably once I was maybe 15% in, then I was like hooked and I had to read the rest of it really quickly. But the first 15%, I was like, come on, you told her you would read this book, like, just read it. <laughs>
0: Ah, uh, yes. Your love for me transcended shitty romance writing. Okay, I, I thought at first when you said that, that you said 50%, so I thought you hated it for half the book. Oh my god, and I was no. really impressed that you that kept going. That is
1: really a devoted friend, mm-hmm. Caitlin.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I feel so touched. Okay, well, I'm glad that you liked it. Yeah, I, I well, yeah, I'm glad that you liked it after a bit and that you liked it at the end. Do you think, did you like Enemies to Lovers? as a concept like do you think you'd want to read more of that
2: yeah so the reason i wanted to read that is because i think one of my favorite love stories of all time is pride and prejudice is uh mm. lizzie and darcy and i feel like that's just like the ultimate enemies to lovers story yeah. and i was like i know you were we wanted to talk about the trope a little bit i think that for me like the reason i love it so much is because it's a great way of seeing characters really unfold and surprise you and it also kind of has like a little bit of the like almost like when you get a twist ending and you need to reread it like it's like oh Mm -hmm. they loved each other all along or like he loved her all along which is usually what's really happening and then you have to like reread it to like think about their intentions throughout the story um so i just think it adds like a really interesting layer and i i also like I don't really know what other options there are out there. So I was kind of like, well, I know I like enemies to lovers. Like, I don't want to read about people pining or, like, they can't be together. Like, I guess, like, the star-crossed lovers kind of thing just irritates me because I'm always, like, just sad. (laughs) (laughs) Sad, I don't know. It's always like, oh, they can't control this. It stinks, you know? Like... But enemies to lovers is more about like misunderstandings and getting to know someone and usually the male protagonist I feel like is like a brooding kind of like dark misunderstood shy man and i guess i just have a thing for that <laughs> would you say that your soon-to-be husband is a dark misunderstood <laughs> shy man <laughs> I, know. I know it's like a weird thing right like the people we fall in love with in literature aren't the same as the people we want to like spend our lives with but uh um, I, I was thinking healthy, about friendly. that yeah I mean, well <laughs> i mean like yeah Will and obviously i'm in love i'm getting married but um <laughs> I wouldn't describe him in those terms. No.
0: (laughs) Yes, I would also not describe him in those
1: terms. But
2: love will.
0: He's he's a catch. That's really funny. Do
1: you think you'll pick up another romance title after this?
2: I think I might. I think that I would probably honestly want recommendations from people like you that have like good taste. I think that it's just it's such a huge genre, right? And it's like it's hard to say. Like, oh, yes, I will definitely read more when I'm like, well, I don't I don't know what's out there. Right. Like there's hundreds of thousands of books Mm -hmm. and a lot of them, I think maybe not a lot of them, but there are many that are written for mass production and, you know, huge sales or whatever. And like if something is produced in that way, it makes it a little less appealing to me. And before this, like, honestly, the only book I knew that people really loved that was supposed to be well-written was Outlander. And Outlander kind of disappointed me. I tried to read it, and, like, I just found it. I I, I was thinking about how it's kind of, like, the the not-like-the-other-girls thing where, like, this is Claire, and she's this amazing woman, even though she's, like, ahead of her time, and she's going back in time where she's even more ahead of her time. I was just like, ugh, this is, like, too much for me. Anyway, (laughs) I think I will. I think that I'm going to need recommendations. I am... Currently reading another Enemies to Lovers that I was hoping to have finished by today, and I'm enjoying it not as much as the Hating Game, but I am enjoying it. So I think yeah. Which which one are you reading? The Sweetest Oblivion. Oh, okay, yep. Which is Mafia Romance by Daniel Laurie, part of the series. (laughs) Like Mafia, and I started I picked it because I I live in New Jersey, and like there's like the whole Italian like connection here. (laughs) It just made me feel like a little bit like oh, this is kind of like where I live. (laughs) But not that I have anything to do with any any Hopefully moms, not that violent. <laughs> you know, it's it's definitely very different from The Hating Game. It's a lot less lighthearted. But, you yes. know, I'm enjoying it so far.
1: I, I would definitely classify it as a dark romance. And I have to say, I am quite impressed that you jumped from The Hating Game <laughs>
2: to. I mean, I know we
1: recommended it to you, but it was among several. And like, that is definitely a dark romance. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, I think I'll try it again. Definitely. Cool.
0: Another one, A Kristen. M- mission accomplished. Yes. yes. We've done it. <laughs> Success.
2: Because of my love for Caitlin, I am now in the romance novels. Who knew?
0: You cut out there, but I think you said it was your love for me, and I accept.
2: Yes. I did. I did. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Well,
0: thank you so much. Anything else you want to share with listeners before? Yeah.
2: You go. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, This was really fun. And like Caitlin said, I'm a former podcaster. If you want to listen to what we used to do, um, it's called Pilots Lounge. We talk about the first episode of TV shows and just like review them, talk about what was going on at the time. It was a lot of fun, but a lot of work, as, as I'm sure both of you know. And with my wedding coming up, I've just... Here I am. But yeah, that was really all I wanted to share. And thank you both so much again for having me. This was really fun. Yeah, our pleasure. Thanks for coming. It was great. Yes. yes. Well, we will surely apply
0: you with more romance novel recommendations. And (laughs) thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Thanks. Okay. Bye, Chelsea. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much to Chelsea Pula for coming on the show today. She didn't get a chance to share it, but her favorite nail polish color is Flamethrower Red by Dashing Diva, which we'll put in our show notes. Oh
1: my gosh, I love that name. Yeah, I know. I immediately need to Google it. It sounds fantastic. Yeah, apparently they're stick-on nails, not regular
0: nail polish. Oh! I don't know how it works, but I'm into it. So, yeah, what else is there to say? We hope you enjoyed this episode.
1: Lots of content coming out. Lots of other books we read this week i think we should just mention that next friday's thematic episode i'm really excited about it's our rockstar episode yes <laughs> it was really fun to record so hopefully it's fun to listen to yes so if you are interested or like rockstar romance tune in next friday between now and then you can find us on instagram and twitter at love and underscore podcast our website is loveandpodcast.com. you got anything else caitlin Yeah,
0: just please reach out to us. If you like this podcast, feel free to rate and review on Apple and Spotify. Thank you for listening. I'm Caitlin. That's Kristen. This has been Love and a Romance Podcast. And we'll see you guys next week. Go love yourselves. Bye, lovers.